Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. I'm sure someone out there would love being Ian's intern. Ian's Etsy intern. <laughs> Just painting wood blocks for Ian. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <I was> Lord. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to your most favorite hour of fantasy baseball and any kind of talk, really, ever. Of your week, of your month, of your life. It's Under the Radar, brought to you by Tops Project 70. Shout out once again to Tops for, uh, for I don't know, helping us out, sponsoring the show. Um, they're awesome. So check out Tops Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Tops baseball cards. Um, there was a good distorted last week. I believe another Alex Pardee is due, so get excited. Anyway, for today's show, with me as always, your friend of mine, Ika. Hello, my friends. My friend of you. Nice curveball going to Ian first. I know, I, right? I, I like to, well, I, I don't know why I did that, actually. I guess I, it. Yeah. Well, you know why? Because Ian basically wrote the whole rundown. Um, bullied his way into the rundown again. So I only threw a well, few yeah, things. Because <laughs> last night I looked and there was nothing on the rundown. So I said, I better put some things on this rundown. Well, let me tell you about that. Last night I um I was in a draft fantasy. Yeah, obviously fantasy football season's here. Um, check out our draft kit. But I was in a draft with your boy, Alex Cushing. Oh, uh, shoot. Yeah. Yeah, it was an auction. So that went late. So it was supposed to start How did at you eight. Do? Started How did you do? Oh, was it was it the GDD football auction? It was it was GGD. It's the yeah, the GDD sister league. Oh wow, cool! Yeah. I did the auction for that. I guess like was it now four years ago, where I, I kind of went out front and did the auction. It was it was it was fun. It was great. Glenn Colton was in it. Like all hey. of your sound effects were in it, basically. Hey, yeah. Look, look at that. How about that? Um, so yeah, good league. And then I had to do the CBS. Well, I didn't have to. I love doing it. The CBS draftathon. Uh, we raised some money for St. Jude. So that was a good time. Got to mess with that amazer. Anyway, so my plan was I'm like, okay, when this is done, I'm going to go do uh the rundown. And I went in there and it was already half done. So I really didn't have much to add. There you go. I was just trying to be of service, my friend. So number one on here, uh Little League's starting again, huh? Yeah, Little League is <laughs> give us the rules. Just give us the rules. That's all I want. I think people should be nobody cares. Nobody they, wants to hear the rules. They apply to no, life. they want to hear the rules. Do they the can rules check in out. Ariel Cohen's voice. Uh okay. Rule number one. <laughs> I knew have it. fun. <laughs> rule number two, focus on every pitch. Rule number three, respect yourself, your teammates, the opponent, and the umpire, because the umpire is the one who's going to call the pitches. You could apply them to life. Like really, yeah, like with just can. a couple tweaks, you have like an Etsy wood panel thing that you can sell. That's true, actually. Yeah. I probably could. I bet you actually, it's not a terrible idea. Yeah. Anyway, who, who, who has time for Etsy? Not to, I don't have time for Etsy. Well, just get someone to do it. We can get an intern. I'm sure someone out there would love being Ian's intern. Ian's Etsy intern. <laughs> just painting <laughs> wood Etsy. blocks for Ian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <I was> Lord. <laughs> this, is, this is going down the road already. You know, you're a good boss. Right. You're probably a good boss. I think so. Yeah, let's see. I think I'm a pretty good boss, yeah. Um, all right, anyway, let's get to the show. You're a good boss. We're all good bosses. Yeah, both of you guys yeah. are good bosses. You're both kind of my boss in a way. We're fine. You're consider both, us friends. You, yeah, and friends. So there you go. I, I, I like to think of myself as a boss the same way you guys are bosses, which is this is how we do it, jerk. No, I'm kidding. Right. <laughs> so uh, so I thought um, I thought today 
was going to be like an awesome big bonanza show of call-ups and I completely forgot like they ruined the call actually they improved the call-up rules but for the purposes of this show and its content like they only expanded by two players each team so we don't have a ton to talk about I do want to start with one of the most under the radar players in the entire universe Chris Davis um hey. Chris Davis like crush look started out hurt could not get back into a groove with Texas. And by the time he got back, Adelise Garcia had already like taken over whatever role in a bats he might've had available. Um, so they, you know, like, all right, see you later. And he just very quietly went back into the Oakland system. And in the last 20 games, 21 games, or had 10 home runs and was hitting 283. They called him up when rosters expanded. Um, we got a story in the athletic. I only saw the headline about how, you know, he's like a jolt of energy and, uh, and like morale for the team uh, having him back. So um, let me put it to you, DVR, because you haven't spoken much yet. I mean, Oakland's weird to begin with. They're almost like Tampa Bay-y sometimes with like rotating guys in and platoons and stuff like that. Chris Davis, obviously coming up with a ton of momentum. What do you do? I mean, this is like Carlos Peña. Remember Carlos Peña like in 2004? I'm sure everyone does. When he was optioned, he came back for the Tigers and just destroyed everything in like the last month. Can, can they catch this kind of momentum with Chris Davis? I think they could. I think the way the roster is built right now, they've got Josh Harrison and Jed Lowry kind of sharing second base in DH most days. They rotate a few other guys in. I would guess that Davis would mostly just play against lefties. And if he's hitting, they'll give him some chances against righties. So I think it's got to be an AL-only league to pick him up for now or really deep dynasty leagues just to kind of fill out that last roster spot. And it's really going to depend on what he does with those first few opportunities if he's going to get into a larger role. Ian, what do you think? You threw a yeah in there. so like Yeah, I think that's right. I think Mitch Moreland is still there, so he'll get the majority of the uh, of the at-bats against uh, right-handers. But Ramon Laureano being out of the lineup and being suspended, which I don't know that we even discussed on the show, uh, really has opened up a lot of playing time. And that Josh Harrison pickup has been huge for that team. And one thing about Josh Harrison, he's so much fun. My wife has sort of got obsessed with the Yankees over the course of the last like 10 days for some reason. I don't even know why. She was just like, we got to watch more games. Let's watch more games. I'm like, okay, let's watch more games. So we watched all the Oakland A's games. And she's like, Josh Harrison is fun. I'm like, Josh Harrison is super fun. So I went back and I showed her the YouTube of, of Josh Harrison avoiding all the tags because he's like the best at it. Like he's ridiculous at it if you've never seen it. Um, so Harrison being there now is huge. So he's playing left field. He'll play some second base. I think some of the at-bats will go away from Jed Lowry a little bit. The only sad thing is Tony Kemp was kind of coming on and playing really well. I think this is going to take away some of his at-bats. But it's it, he, Crush, is. it's great that he's up, and I agree, in AL only. I had drafted him in the reserve round of labor. I will maybe pick him up again this week because um, I could use the home runs and the RBIs. But uh, it, it, that should be it. He could go on a ridiculous run, like Nando says. In which case, he'd be applicable in all leagues. But that's but, it. We're, uh, we're home stretch. Like you got to like let me. Yeah. I need five home runs to get three points here in the standings. Maybe it's worth a shot for my utility. Yeah. yeah it's but it's all about at bats, right? It's all about at bats. But I mean, if you're uh, if you're getting nineteen at bats, let's say all right, let's make it sound worse, like fifteen at bats in a week. But they're all like those quality of bats where he can do like 274 home runs, three home runs, let's say. Isn't that worth it? Yeah, if he gets three home runs and 15 at bats, but that would be 
I mean, look, he'll come up. It's like what happened with Mondesi last night, where he comes up, his first game back, hits a home run, and steals a base. And it's like, well, you know, we'll work him back in. Well, now he hits a home run and steals a base, and you know, he's going to play. So if Chris Davis comes up and hits a home run his first game, he'll play in the second game. If he hits another home run, he'll get three more games in a row. But he, if he comes up and goes 0 for 4, you know, we'll see him in three days. Chris Davis, eight home runs since August 22nd. In AAA. AAAW, right? Or whatever it's called now? Whatever. I mean, it, one he's facing pitchers that aren't as good as the guys he's going to face when he comes up. So he, he may be on a roll, and that'll be awesome. I like Chris Davis, and I, I like Chris Davis for fantasy. But it's going to be, by the time, like, I was thinking about it for Maki because we've got pickups today, DVR and I, and we're, we're still fighting it out. Uh, I think, DVR, you're in first place now, right? It changes literally every literally day. by the minute. Yeah, by the by the minute it changes. But I'm sort of thinking about ah, oh, is Chris Davis for a buck? Mm, not sure. Let's see how it goes for the next three days. But by Sunday you should have some indication, and that's when you'll be doing your fab anyway. Hopefully, you should be doing your fab. I'm still doing so, mine. I love it, man. It's yeah, fun. best um, time of the year. Best time of year to to compete and win in Dynasty baseball for the future. Pick up guys. Everyone else is thinking about tight ends. Now's the time. Let's, uh, before we get to Ian's stuff, I just want to throw something in here because it's also significant for the show. Joe Ryan, who I'll always consider a DVR guy because he bought his card live on air, um, debuted for the Twins. Yeah. He was part of that Twins raise trade, uh, but you know, a couple weeks, a month ago, I guess, a month and two days ago. Man, time flies. Uh, Joe Ryan had a debut. DVR, how do you feel, man? This is this is your guy. You've planted your flag in Joe Ryan, so take it away. I feel bad that I didn't actually buy the card. I looked at the cards and decided <laughs> did. not to invest. Really? Yeah, I bailed. I, I looked at it. I, said, uh, I, I don't know. Is he going to be that good? Is he going to be a guy that I'm actually going to take this card and, and sell it for five or ten times what I paid for it? And I, I bailed, but I do still How about like just hold it. Hold it yeah. and remember the shows that we did years from now. Well, I, I'll just remember those because we'll keep doing them, you know? Yeah. It'll we'll be wide, widely available on the internet. Right, yeah, yeah I'll just I'll just listen to the show again, and then I don't have the Joe Ryan card just sitting there. So uh, it's sad, but that's that's how I played it. Uh, Joe Ryan threw his fastball a lot in his debut. I think it was like sixty plus percent fastball usage. Didn't really have a secondary that he was going to often. So I'm just I'm curious to see how that plays out because it's not a high velocity fastball, and I'm wondering if it's a deception thing or if it's an extension thing where hitters don't see the fastball well. It got like thirty percent called strikes and whiffs, so that is somewhat encouraging, but it was against a horrible Cubs lineup. So we have to be a little bit careful with him in the short term. I think it's a pretty clear opportunity for him down the stretch with Minnesota. It could be an easy path to the rotation for him as a back-end guy next year. But I just want to see if any of the secondaries end up grading out as above-average pitches. I'm wondering, too, if he reminds me of Mike Fires, and that's scaring me a little bit, like where it's a good profile and he's a clear big leaguer, but it's not necessarily an impact guy that you're going to feel good about starting all the time. And I'm saying that about a guy that's had some decent fantasy seasons. I mean, Mike Fires has had a couple sub four ERA seasons with better than average whips over the years. So if that's who he is, that's good, but it's just not the, it's not the guy that I thought we might've been getting when I first saw the, the numbers in the minor leagues. I wish you would have said that before I bought his card. <laughs> how, many, how many did you buy? <laughs> just one. I, I was actually just looking it up because I wanted to see what it's worth now to kind of gloat. Um, I ended up buying the Bowman Chrome Aqua Shimmer hmm. out of 125 Not autographed for $7. And it looks like it's up to 1650 right now, the closest comp. It's pretty good. So, 
double my money DVR. Your loss. <laughs> you know, didn't I mean? Didn't Joe Ryan though have like good minor league numbers, whereas Mike Fires were kind of just like iffy, and he had some. You know, I got I can I, I can look that up instead of asking it. But I thought you guys might know off the top of your head. I like I like the comp a lot. I just feel like Mike Fires had some iffy years in the minors, and Joe Ryan's been like pretty good throughout. I think Ryan had higher strikeout rates, but Fires was one of those guys where I I didn't really know much about him until. I don't know, probably like triple A. And I kept looking at his numbers. I'm like, why didn't they bring him up sooner? And then you saw him pitch in the big leagues. You're like, oh, okay. Like he's he's competent, but he's he's not overpowering and he's he doesn't have a pitch that is clearly a swing and miss pitch, despite the fact that he had a, a one eleven ERA and a point nine seven whip at triple A back in twenty eleven and a two sixty four ERA and a point nine one whip at double A that year. He was old for the level, which is not as much the case for Ryan as it was for Fires by comparison. But even Ryan is a 25-year-old rookie right now. So I, I just think I'm I'm trying to be realistic about how good he really is because I initially, again, I, I thought with the 16.2K per nine, he flashed at double A and the near 12K per nine he was showing us earlier this year before the trade at AAA. I thought, oh, this, this guy's going to be like a star. I think he's going to be just kind of a, a good pitcher instead. But hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully we, we miss on the... On the good side here. Uh, Ian, that was DVR's guy, and he was very tepid about it. Let me ask you this. If I put him up against Tristan McKenzie, uh, who would you rather? Like, Let's talk your rankings. Where McKenzie are is McKenzie's way higher than Ryan. You guys um, didn't like McKenzie last week, so i just like to check. Uh, hold on. So, uh, No, no, no. Yeah, I, I, still McKenzie over Ryan for me right now. Um, for sure. I mean, Ryan's interesting to me because he's a guy who I ended up picking up on a lot of, uh, I picked up last year when he was going crazy in DL one and then ended up trading him to Rich Wilson straight up for Nathan Eovaldi. And it's going to be a real FOMO feeling for me because then just before he got called up, uh, I had this very intense conversation with Tom Trudeau about the devil's rejects league. And and he was trying to sell me all of his OBP guys saying it's all about OBP. Whoever wins OBP is going to win the league. And I was like, yeah, he's kind of right. He's, he's definitely kind of right. So in all the trades, one of the trades was trading Joe Ryan, um, for Jean Segura. So that's, that's kind of how I feel about him. Like, and I was happy with that because it's OBP and Segura is really good in OBP and second base has been a, a problem spot. So for me, Joe Ryan, I'm, I'm sort of like sitting here praying that he doesn't turn into, uh, so, you know, like the next big thing. Cause I traded him everywhere. I had picked him up. Um, but I would take Tristan McKenzie over Joe Ryan. All right. Uh, DVR, I think you're the same, right? Cause I think Ian was the one who's a little more down on McKenzie last week. Yeah, and I guess one other thought here, looking at the Ryan numbers versus the Fires numbers, I think there are more swinging strikes in Ryan's profile. So he could exceed the Fires line, but that's just who he sort of reminds me of with results and the lack of hype and this sort of late arrival. No, I love that we're talking Mike Fires and Carlos Pena on today's show, and we're like 10 minutes in. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it a... mm, real POS. You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. 
Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's the comp show. Let's do it. Uh, Ian, do you, I mean, do you want to take over some of the stuff you wrote? I don't want to jump ahead. I mean, I got one more. No, note. you. No, let's see yours. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I just you, put mine up in, in one chunk up top so we knew which ones were mine and which ones are yours. That's all. Ah, got it. Okay. There's no importance. Uh, I just, you know, like to, who wrote this? And it's yeah, never yeah. DVR. Yeah. <laughs> no, sometimes it's DVR. Uh, uh, you know, really. the, the guy that the, the guy, the under the radar prospect that I wanted to talk about was Romy Gonzalez, who just came up with the White Sox. He's a he's an interesting player. If you're if you're in if you're in a league similar to uh, the DL one league that I'm in, once you hit, I think it's like August 15th, you're not allowed to pick up any players that are in the minor leagues. So pop up guys who like really do great in August and September are still available in the draft. Right. Like that's the idea behind it. And so what, what I really focus on is guys who just got called up and can still be stashed in minor leagues. And a guy like that is Romy Gonzalez. So he's, he's uh, you know, he, he came up, he plays some shortstop, he plays third base, he plays left field. I think in AAA right now, he's he had like 23 home runs and 21 stolen bases and hit like 275. Um, so he, he's an interesting player. And with Anderson now going on the I.L., for the week they brought him up. We'll see how much he plays. But more importantly, uh, and under the radar way to me, is an interesting pickup because now it's a major league player that you can grab um, and and stash him in the minors. And those are the best because then in the offseason, you can package two or three of these guys together as the hype builds about them in the offseason and trade them for one piece that's going to help you compete in the next year, which is why I say September is such an important uh, time in Dynasty Leagues. Guys, what do you think? DBR, what do you think? I love this time of year. I, I think it, it's something I, I feel like I've said it a hundred times in the last couple of weeks, but I, I can't emphasize it enough. Like you can make your team a lot better in the long run in a keeper or a dynasty league by just continuing to make moves, getting a few cheap players in the roster. If you're in a league like Maki that uses salaries, you know your one and two and three dollar pickups this time of year can be big. But you also Huge. might have injured players that were dropped earlier in the season that come back for the final week or two. You can pick those guys up at a pretty good discount compared to what they would cost in the auction. So just keep churning. And, and we were looking at the list of players that, that came up. I mean, there's going to be some other interesting names that start playing a little bit. And a lot of leagues have rules where you got to be in the big leagues to be picked up for the following season. You know, a guy like Khalil Lee is back up right now for the Mets. Might not play a ton, but just the fact that he's on their roster again could make him an option to pick up. And then, of course, with the offseason coming, 
everything could change and he could have a spot to call his own by the time we get to opening day in 2022. He can steal a billion. Ba- I mean, we were talking earlier about uh, Chris Davis. Clearly, he can steal a billion bases. I mean, if you're looking to attack some categories, right? Like, you, you can do worse than Khalil Lee. Again, but Khalil Lee is more of a long-term player than he's going to help you right now win. And these guys that I'm talking about, Romy Gonzalez is not going to get a lot of playing time. But the hype might build on him. One guy that is going to get a lot of playing time and that would fit into this category really, really well. There's actually two guys that I wanted to bring up today. One is Derek Hill in Detroit. And I think we've spoken about him before. He's a former number one draft pick. He was really known for his glove when he first came out. But he's running. And he's hitting. He's been pr- largely batting ninth over the course of the season. And then I think it was Saturday or Sunday. They put him up to first in the line. No, it was Tuesday. I'm wrong. It was Tuesday. They put him up to first in the lineup. And I called my partner, uh, Wilson Caraman. I was like, did you see that Derek Hill is now batting first for the Detroit Tigers? And he was like, yes, I did. And that's that's big news, right? Because that means that the, the Tigers are really getting comfortable with him there. And they should. I mean, anything with these guys who are coming up. You know, their OPS, look at their OPS because that's what they're going to be looking at. Anything above 650 for a rookie is pretty good. It means that you're you're at least on the verge of holding your own. And um, and Derek Hill is doing that, and he's running. I mean, I think he's got six stolen bases so far. Oh, hold on, I should probably look it up. DVR, do you have Derek Hill up? Yeah, he's six for eight. Yeah, and, and what's it? And he's got two home runs? Three. Three, and how many at-bats is it? 113. Right, so if you extrapolate that, which is a nice big word for a Thursday morning, and by the way, thanks again. I'm just sorry that it's Thursday, not Tuesday. That was because of me and some family issues. No, nah, um, it was because we were waiting for the trade deadline. Ian, come on. Yeah, man. and the trade deadline. Yeah, yeah but, well, there was that, but you know, my some stuff with my mom, some health issues, but uh, hopefully all will go very well. But um, over 113 at-bats, if you multiply that by six or five, that's like somewhere between 30 and 36 stolen bases and 15 home runs with a 265 average. Okay, well, now when when it's like the fog of, you know, the fog of war, you know, that 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 phrase, the fog of war baseball right now is like the fog of baseball. Like we can't see anything because it's just so much stuff going on. Derek Hill is a guy who in the offseason, everyone's going to go, you know, that Derek Hill is pretty good. Well, pick him up now if he's available. If he's available in a dynasty league, it better be a 12 team, because if it's a 15 team, you probably need to be in a new dynasty league. But if he's available, even in a keeper league. Consider throwing a buck down on him or two bucks, especially if you can keep him at that price, because he uh, he he very well might be the starting center fielder for the Detroit Tigers next year. No guarantees, but if he keeps doing what he has been doing, he's going to get time. DVR. Um, well, actually, no, Ian, do your other guy, because I wanted to put them within the context. Actually, all these guys we talked about so far in the context of Reynaldo Lopez. Um, but let, let's hit DJ. Peters, right. I, I know this is like, you know, we're talking different positions and everything, um, but it, it just like. A guy like Ronaldo Lopez, who's still a little young and hasn't had a shot yet, and he's like he's way, way beyond like a post-type sleeper, but he's hot right now, and he seems to have maybe figured something out maybe for like the eighth time in his career. Um, I just wonder where he falls in terms of like late-season gameplay, especially if you're rebuilding. Like if you're like me, like a couple of my, my dynasty teams are all rebuilding at the moment. Like, should I go after Ronaldo Lopez? Should I go after DJ Peter? Should I go after Derek yes. Hill? Like, Derek you know Hill. I mean? and Yeah, those are the guys. I mean, real quick, though, before we jump on to those, what do you think, DVR, what do you think of Derek Hill? Do you do you see what I'm seeing? Yeah, I'm in. I, I like that the K rate right now at least is pretty reasonable at 25%. Has power, has speed, can be a good defender in center field, and really should get a prolonged opportunity next year. And I think their team might be a little more aggressive in – free agency uh, two winners from now going into 2023. So 
Uh, he'd be in that group. Uh, Isak Paredes, who I liked earlier this season, I think he should get more time next year too. Oh, yeah, so. you do. You're so mad about Isaac Paredes. You're just like, why are they messing with my Isaac Paredes? I don't know why they did that, but they are. <laughs> that's fine. It's their choice. Uh, it's their their team. Hill does do enough things well. You, you definitely want to yeah. try and stash a guy like that away. No, no, no question. So DJ Peters, we've talked about him on the show through the years. And he's giant. He's like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, and he runs. Like, he's just fast. He's plays center field. He can play, play right field. And he was in the Dodgers system for a very long time. Lots of power. Like, you know, light, light tower power the guy's got. And so, you know, these little pickups that the Rangers have been making, um, grabbing DJ Peters off of waivers from the uh, the Dodgers, it's it's just like picking it off on the waiver wire in, in fantasy baseball. Puts him in the lineup. He struggles because he's going to struggle. But now he's starting to turn it on a little bit, and you can see because they're batting him fourth in the lineup right now, and he's getting to play every day. He's pretty much taken the Joey Gallo spot. He's the big, tall, like strikeout, walk, or home run guy, um, and he's not Joey Gallo. But if he could put it together, he, he's just a nice little player at the back of your at the back of your roster right now, and the bottom of your minor leagues. That's that's what I wanted to say about similar to Derek Hill. I, I would take Derek Hill over DJ Peters. I think the hit tool is far better. Um, but if Peters can put it together, he can play in the major leagues. And uh, he's always been a somewhat top prospect in that system, in the Dodger system. And now he's getting the opportunity. It's awesome. It's like Jorge Mateo getting the opportunity. I saw Jorge Mateo make a play at shortstop the other day. Um, John Means was pitching, so I was watching. And it was a play deep in the hole. And I was like, Jorge Mateo just made a real shortstop play. And he's hitting. And he's running. Like, if you didn't pick up Jorge Mateo a few weeks ago, I think, did we not mention to pick up Jorge Mateo? Because we, I meant We've to. been saying that since, like, March. Great. N- you know, this is, these are the, this is the time. This well, is we. the time to pick up those guys. And and DJ Peters fits into that category. Small. Like, n- again, I take Derek Hill over DJ Peters, but if it's a deep enough league, if it's a 15-team league or a 20-team league, you can stash him in the minors. Do it. Well, that's why I want to get, like, Ronaldo Lopez. I mean, he's 27. The problem he's is Lopez he, has too many innings. That's the problem. You well, he's not minor league eligible. Lopez. But I right. mean, you can. I'm just wondering, like, he had all the talent in the world. Like, there it was Ronaldo Lopez and Lucas Giolito when they were like those. Were, they went hand in hand, really coming up through Washington. Um, right. and, and got traded together. And got tra- for Adam and got tra- freaking Eaton. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, like Lopez and I. I just just because I read every like I'm a reader, and it was just like I want to say like 2018. He's you know he did something. He turned it around. And then before, I think last year, I think when they when everyone came back for the summer camp, I think they were like, yeah, Ronaldo Lopez like has tweaked a couple things, and you know his he's been talking to like a sports psychologist, and like his his you know mind is clear now. I'm like, okay, I buy it. I actually think it was before 2019, and then he bottomed out again, and like now he's back, and you know in 35 innings, he's got a 1.54 ERA and a 0.69 WHIP. He's striking people out. I mean, it's you know starting, relieving, whatever. I mean, am I getting duped again? Or is this the, no, the turnaround, right. we've, the 27-year-old turnaround we've been waiting for in the if year you, of the 27-year-old? If you've got a guy like Mike Miner still sitting on your Dynasty League team, right, you couldn't make the switch there for Ronaldo Lopez. Like, that's the perfect kind of, kind of, you know, move. You get a guy who's like sort of like a number five or number six pitcher and... You know, like a Michael Pineda. If you're holding Michael Pineda and you want to go to Ronaldo Lopez, you're saving five years there. That's a, that's a good move. That's what I think. TBR, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think with, with Lopez, they've gone really slider heavy with him this year, too. 
but he had LASIK, right? That that was the big tweak this time. There it is. There, it, there, there we go again, he, right? He can actually see. He was talking about how he can actually see the catcher's signs now, which I, I, I don't know. I feel like the LASIK situation helps a hitter more than it helps a pitcher, but I'm not going to say it wouldn't help a pitcher. Being able to see the target clearly and see the signs clearly would make your job easier. So what's the ceiling? I mean, the, the projections are actually not terrible. 423 ERA, 125 whip from the bat the rest of the way. If he did that as a starter, that'd be usable in a lot of leagues, especially on a team that wins a lot. The best we've ever seen him prior to this season was 391 for the ERA and a 127 whip way back in 2018. I think if you kind of set your expectations in that range, there's a chance that you actually get that and you could be a part of this rotation next year. Which is, I mean, in a dynasty league, that's a worthy, you know, it's not going to be a minor league spot, but like Ian said, like you drop down those five years and you've got a starter and maybe this is the time that this actually came true, right? Yeah, for sure. And that's why, because that's what I was kind of trying to find is the guys who had the pedigree who finally do put it together. Um, and so, like, I was just looking to see, and our friend Scott Gilroy has him in. Uh, he was in the he was in the draft last night. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah. and he he picked up Reynaldo Lopez, and you know, if you have Caleb, he has Caleb Smith on the team, right? So, do you want Caleb Smith or do you want Reynaldo Lopez? Reynaldo Lopez is the better choice. Like, that's the kind of idea. If you want Reynaldo Lopez or Adrian Hauser, you go Reynaldo Lopez. Like that's that that I think that's the what we're what we're saying here. So sure, yeah, a really good fits. Excuse me, fits into that category. You can't stash them in the same way, but still fits in. What do you guys think of the extensions for Depito Depoto? Sorry, and Scott's service. Oh, you know there was some breaking news before we get on here too. If you want to throw that in there, what's that? Uh, Bob Boone is it Bob Boone? Has Brett quit? Boone? No, quit as VP of the Nationals. Uh, because of their vaccination policy, that just flashed across my screen in the breaking news channel. Oh, man. Oh, we're going to talk man. about front office. I figured I should break that news for everybody. News is broken. Story coming uh, soon. Anyway, Depo- I'm happy for Depoto. I yeah, love what he, I love what he does. DVR, what do you think of him? I think he's doing a much better job with that rebuild. It's pretty clear to say that now that it's nearing its completion than a lot of other GMs have done going into a situation that was bad, trying to make a bunch of trades, trying to find prospects. I think the the thing about the Mariners that that's really kind of interesting is are they are they going to hit the Dodgers, Rays, Brewers, who I don't know who else you want to throw in this group, Astros level of pitching development. Right? There's probably four or five teams that have proven they can develop pitching at the highest possible level. And I feel like for the Mariners, if they're able to get into that group, that's a huge, huge development for them as an organization, right? If they can turn Gilbert and Kirby and Hancock into something close to Woodruff and Burns and Peralta, then they can become a force in the ALS for a long time. But if they can't get the pitching development right, I wonder if they're always going to be just chasing Houston. Houston's going to be changing them is going to be chasing themselves soon. I mean, they're going to lose Correa most likely, you know. Um, but there's always someone coming up. Yeah, next. Pedro Leon is coming. Yeah, Pedro Leon is coming up. They're so stacked, at least until mm-hmm. you know the the old regime guys kind of clear out of there. Like but the two like- and the yeah, and the Jordan Alvarez is. I mean, these trades they matter. I mean, he traded the big trade, and I remember when it happened last year. Seattle sent Nola. 
Austin Adams and Dan Altavia to the Padres. And coming back was Taylor Trammell, Louis Torres, Andres Munoz, who's very good and just coming off of TJ surgery, and a little guy named Ty France. And that was a huge trade at the time. And and look, he got filleted for that trade that he made to get Toro, right? And Toro's been great. I mean, well, Toro's guys, just been great. You guys did not reply to my group text message about that, my theory, we, which I'm going to have to get into here. Okay, fair enough. Unless you but, want to. No, not right. really. Right. Never, never good business to get into that, um, in, into COVID questions, uh, really. But, um, but <laughs> right, well, why don't you just mention exactly what it was about then? Well, that's it. Yeah. Uh, but, but you know, I think that Depoto really deserves it. Scott Survey is that how you say it? Service? Yeah, it's a service. Yep. Service. Sorry, it's spelled Survey, but Service. Scott Service has done a really fine job. He's he's got a great presence on the field. I really like Scott Service. And look, they got Julio Rodriguez we're getting ready to come up. Kellenic's starting to hit. Hanniger's hitting. I mean, you know, now they're messing. <laughs> I picked up Jake Bowers in AL Labor this week. Thought of you, Nando. Um, and how and do you Jose feel about Mar- it? Uh, not great so far because he, he sat last night against a righty so Jose Marmalejos could play. So that wasn't great. Um, but 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 they, they're really doing a good job. And they just had two shutouts in a row. I think it was, well, at least one was against the Astros. They're they're playing really good baseball. They're they're they could you know who knows maybe they could compete for a wild card. That'd be cool. It's fun, man. Baseball's fun right now. They could it's, do a little damage if they get in there. They they could do a little damage. I mean, the the, the question is, you know, did you guys see what Garrett Cole did last night for the Yankees? He did some Garrett Cole stuff. He did some Garrett Cole like 2019 stuff. Fifteen strikeouts. Four hits made Otani look like a teenager. I mean, it was really fun to watch. And what, what the reason I bring it up is that one game playoff, the wild card one game playoff, it's going to be Garrett Cole for the Yankees, and uh, and it's going to be tough to to beat Garrett Cole on that day. If it's the Red Sox, it'll be probably Chris Sale. I would think. Wouldn't you think Chris Sale would get that 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 starting spot? Alex oh, yeah. Cora seems like the like I'm going to go with my guy kind of guy. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would go just put your best pitcher up there, and that game, Garrett Cole versus Chris Sale in a wild card, would be like the most fun thing ever. Because for some reason, the Rays don't lose ever hardly. They lost last night, but other than that, I mean, even in the Yankees' thirteen-game winning streak, they gained two games on the Rays. I mean, the Rays are just awesome. They're just so good. They're just smart, and they play the game the right way. Imagine if they had some money. Well, yeah, I mean, but if they did, well, actually, that's it's the Dodgers because I mean, that's Friedman's basically the Rays GM in spirit. And that's what he's doing with the Dodgers. That's what it looks like when you have money. Yeah, you win a Dodgers. bunch of World Series in a row and you're <laughs> you're positioned. I mean, like that. It's crazy. Like, I mean, when they needed players, they picked up like Yoshi Susugo. Like, it's crazy that the Dodgers are that good and they still have these crazy, like humongously deep holes and they're able to pick up like just the right guy. You know what I mean? Like they're they're not doing like that crappy kind of depth guy who we all groan at. You know when he's looks like he'll be playing for the next two weeks. Well, what's his name is out. Like they just go in and kind of fill these spots with someone dynamic and interesting. The end. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. 
Learn more at marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Can we talk about Cody Bellinger? Like He's not on the rundown, though. Yeah, he's not. But but since we're talking about the Dodgers in there, you know, what the hell? Like, what the hell? I, I stayed as far away as I could from... Uh, from Bellinger. I don't own him any, I don't roster him rather anywhere in any leagues this year because of that shoulder issue and watching him high five a guy and then dislocate his shoulder made me kind of nervous. But what the heck, man, this was a guy who was a top 10 dynasty asset for a period of time. And is now, I mean, on my list, I think he's in the eighties and he might need to drop lower than that. He's a platoon bat, like hitting 170 or something. DVR, what's going on with Cody Bellinger? probably just still hurt max exit velo is down like four miles an hour striking out more than ever so he just needs an off season to reboot i think it's um, a good buying opportunity for him i mean he's how still- much would you pay for him in a 15 team auction next year eight dollars uh, i'm like 15 no. to 18 at least probably yeah i think you kind of have to i don't know man he might be the kind of guy people are kind of sick of no you're not going to get him for eight he's let you down <laughs> at least twice now that's true. He has, but you know, guys who let you down. But if you can get if if Cody Bellinger is sitting there for eight bucks, I'm bidding nine. All right, but I mean, that's I'm just saying. Uh, this is my it, I'm doing a Gene McCaffrey. I'll say eight. You can go higher if you want. Okay, so DVR lets you and I do a quick auction bidding. I'll be round. I'll be the bot. I'll be the bot. Okay, you be the bot. The bot. We'll is do it OBP quick... or average? Yeah, so uh, someone didn't average. show up. Let's do average. Cushing didn't we'll show just... up. He's got the okay. bot running his team. <laughs> right. Okay. Ready. So, uh, a Cody Bellinger, uh, seven dollars. I'll go Eight. twelve. Thirteen. <laughs> Fourteen. Fifteen. Seven, Seventeen. Eighteen. I'm out. I'm out. Going once. Going twice. Nando. Sold. Eighteen dollars. Cody Bellinger. Derek Van Riper could be a huge win right there. That could, could be, be a huge. huge loss. Yeah. Yeah. But, it's, yeah, it's, but it's, it's half off. It's, it's, yeah. It's, it's half off. It's fifty percent off. Look what it he did is. in 2018. All right, so everyone was sweating him after 2017. Rookie of the year. 2018, 260, 25 home runs in a full season. Yeah, and he got better that year, too. Lowered the K rate. But then, all right, then he bounces back in 2019. All-star, MVP. And then last two years, he's just been terrible. He's not even stealing. Yeah, that's what I was, I was trying to pull up real quick was how many stolen bases he's doing. Who is the no, real Cody Bellinger? Is the question is he the rookie of the year and MVP, or is he the guy in the other seasons? Well, the the 2019 version of everybody is rabbit ball enhanced. So, I mean, I I think he, wow. I think he'll still be a top five NL MVP candidate at some point. He's still young relative to like Christian Yelich, who I always bring up in the same breadth as Bellinger because it seems like their careers are so similar, but different though, but different swing. DVR. Bellinger's 26. Oh, they're totally different in terms of how they hit, but. It, it, Bellinger's only 26. Like I, I don't want to give up on a 26-year-old who's shown this kind of plate discipline improvement over the course of his career. The K rate's way up this year, but I think it all goes back to that shoulder injury. And I think if he... It, it's kind of a simple decision for me. I'm bidding 18 on Bellinger. If he goes through a normal offseason and he's just ready to go for the start of spring training, great. 
Bellinger, I think, is a great rebound candidate. If Bell- if Bellinger has to have another surgery on his shoulder, I'm probably getting nowhere near that $18 price tag come February and come March. But I'm I'm erring on the side of a big bounce back from him. Wow. Okay. I, I, I get it. I get it. I mean, it's, he's going to be someone that, that we go back and forth. Everyone goes back and forth on in this offseason. And where you stand is going to tell a lot. Because, you know, wow, look at that 2019, 47 home runs, 150 RBIs, 15 stolen bases with a 305 batting average. That's insane. It's one of the best seasons you're ever going to see. All those home runs and that average with and, dual eligibility in, in outfield and first base. Wow. What a, what a, what a monster. And then he just fell off the cliff last year and the shoulder injury didn't happen until September, if I remember correctly. He ran into the wall and then he dislocated it again. Right, before, I mean, on a high five, he dislocated. He's, he's always had that, right? Like that was the that was the thing. Is like, yeah, you know, it pops out. I just pop it back in. It's happened to me my whole career, kind of thing. Yeah, maybe. Isn't that what he said? If I remember, remember that incorrectly. He hit one. I think you may be right. He's hitting one seventy two with eighty strikeouts and two hundred sixty two at bats. That's tough. That's that's not good. That's not good. OPS at 563. Yeah, I'm not going to bid 18 on him. You can have him for 18 and and then you can get a season maybe like 2019. But it's a it's a high risk high reward play. You know? It really is. Uh, but I'd grab him for 12. I would stick in there for 14. I think I think that's where I got out. DVR, I got some bad logistical news for you. Yep. My quick time. Out. Well, no, my quick time hasn't been recording. Yeah, that's uh, no, 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 but it was like it was. It's one, it says it's one second and 101 kilobytes. And I just tried to do a new one, it's doing the same thing, it's glitching. Yeah, yeah. mine didn't record the other day, so that's uh, that's cool. I'm sorry about that. You know, we're gonna I'll do, start recording now. We're not gonna use uh, Zoom after this week, we're gonna switch to StreamYard to keep the cameras off anyway. StreamYard does better backups, they're higher quality backups, so that way when this happens, it actually StreamYard. still sounds good. Oh, gotcha, nice. gotcha. Right. So yeah, so when Nando right. sounds all AM radio on the podcast this week, now you know why. That's why he sounds all AM radio on Maybe the podcast it. this it's, week. It was, it's it, not even letting me quit. There's something so, buggy going on here. We can still hear you though, but Jack, here, I'll, I'm going to go on to another observation I had. So well, I'd like to Jose, talk more about the logistics behind the scenes stuff, if that's okay. Jack Mayfield is the new starting shortstop <laughs> for the California, for the Anaheim, Los Angeles, whatever they are, Angels. Are you kidding me? Should have been Jack a Franklin Mayfield. Barretto, man. <laughs> I don't even know where Barreto is. Get Tommy John. Um, oh, did it? Yeah, no, yeah. And it's not going to be. It's not going to be Franklin Barreto. But Jack Mayfield is getting all the time now. What I found interesting about this is like you know this is the behind the scenes under the radar stuff. I I wish I could. I wish that someday there would just be a camera in the dugout that I could watch the whole game. That that would tell me so much just watching. But here's what I noticed: someone hit a home run for the Angels the other night. Jose Iglesias, who has been the starter and played every day was the first guy out of the dugout. And I mean, went out of the dugout like 25 feet to congratulate him. I was like, Jose Iglesias is wants to be seen by his manager. Like, hey, I'm still here. Hey, I'm still here. And you know what Joe Madden's saying? Yeah, and you ain't going to play. You ain't going to play because you're on a one-year contract and you ain't going to be around next year. So I want to see what I got with Jack Mayfield. But if you had Jose Iglesias in an AL-only league, as I do... Got to start thinking about somebody else because Jack Mayfield's getting those at-bats now. Jack Mayfield. He's pretty good. Hit a, hit a grand slam um, the other night against Corey Kluber. And Steve Gardner, my partner in another league, bid outbid me in AL labor for him. 
um, which was very sad and very depressing. And then he got that home run and he and I are competing for home runs. So it was like, oh man, oh dude, Gardner. But I feel but like Steve the, Gardner's borderline sound effect. Double. Oh, for sure. I should have. But he, Steve Gardner's like, okay, buddy. Just the nicest of men. The the nicest of guys. And then he goes, he, I'll, I'll send him a trade idea. Like, hey, let's trade this, this, and this for this. And he's like, why? Why would we do that? So, but he's just so kind and so polite and such a, he's a good guy. Good friend. How's Dr. And Thomas I, Scott doing? Good, good. I spent a lot of time talking to Dr. Thomas Scott this week on a number of different fronts. Um, he's just, he's, he's also, uh, another, another really good guy. Um, yeah. So, so that's, uh, that's just what I wanted to point out about Jose Iglesias. He's, he's sort of, uh, he's sort of down. I want to ask you guys what you think of the, because th- we didn't talk about this since it happened over the weekend, the Javier Baez, Francisco Lindor, Kevin Pillar, thumbs down Mets thing. Cause I think someone on Twitter said, Hey, I can't wait to hear what you guys say about that. So Nando, what do you think about that? The Mets situation? I don't care. I mean, I think the whole thing is hilarious, especially, I mean, not hilarious. I mean, there's some dangerous stuff that went on there uh, at the end with the GM. But right, I just, no, that that's a whole other ball of wax. The, the but I mean, it's the Mets still. It's like the Mets. It's, you know, like it's, I don't know, like the urinals overflow. And it, it, of course, it's at City Field. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to know which team it is. <laughs> so it's, I don't know. It's just so dumb. Let them do whatever they want, man. Okay, especially, especially interesting like, take. You know what? So I think I might have mentioned this before. Like when I was when I was in the Wall Street Journal and I'd go into the Yankees locker room and you go to the Yankees locker room, the visiting locker room. Um, and it was like you start talking to someone. I'm like, hey, man, this guy's like 28. He's like my age. Uh, I should, can I talk to him like I'm a normal person? Um, and you just get that perspective. Like when you actually start talking to these guys and meeting them, um, it just really it's I don't know. It, it almost ruins your fandom because you start to see like the Minnesota Twins are full of like great guys. You know what I mean? And I don't know, man. Like, I kind of get like, who are these jerks in the stands? You know, they're like internet commenters. It's you, you, they're probably viewing them with the same eyes. And so, you want a thumbs down? Thumbs down them, man. Be like, if you're such a tough New York Mets fan, thumbs down and back instead of like crying to Steve Cohen on Twitter. That's that's my rant. I'll let let them have wow. some fun, man. Wow, DVR. What do you think? I laughed it off like this. Well, this is engagement, and and you know it's obviously not the kind of engagement that you want. But I, I think it's a sign of frustration, right? It's a sign of frustration. It's a lack of coherent leadership. It is, it is everyone being disappointed that the team is not as good as it should be, and that includes the people who are on it. And when when things are going wrong like this, how do you fix it? Like we thought this was over, right? We thought when Steve Cohen bought this team that they were turning the page and they were going to move on and something like this would never happen again. This is Wilpon Mets stuff happening in year yeah. one of Steve Cohen owning the team, 100%. I think it's just I, a sign know, of immaturity and poor leadership. I, I don't think it's this, uh, this, this sort of mistake that we should hold over these guys' heads forever. It doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things, just very poor judgment. I had a very odd reaction and I spoke to a number of Mets fans about it because I wanted to see how they felt about it because my instinct was kind of different, but I'm not a Mets fan, so I, I don't have any... But you're pro-ownership, too. No. Ian's not a man of the people. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, that's not true. <laughs> um, but, but... That's not true. I'm joking. I just wanted to... My reaction, my reaction to it initially, it was unpopular, I think. And um, my reaction was this. Hey, whatever it takes to get you guys going, do it do it like it's it's a it's a 
a phallus move. See what I did there, DVR? It's a phallus move <laughs> on their part, and it's rude for sure. And they probably shouldn't have mentioned what it was. But if there's something that gets you going as a baseball player, I'm all for that. Um, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, hey, you still have a chance maybe to get into the playoffs. So can you, you know, can you, whatever you need to do. And, and you, she, they should apologize. Sure. And they, and they did apologize. Lindor did apologize. I don't see Javier Baez staying with the Mets. Like, I think that that's. I think that's gone, right? I mean, I don't think that they're going to spend the $250 million it's going to take to to keep him there. Uh, but anyway, that 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 was my that was my kind of thinking about it. I, I you know, I and but but I, I mentioned that to a Mets and like, "No, it's terrible. Are you kidding? What they did is awful and disrespectful." And I was like, "Okay, all right. Well, you know, I don't feel that strongly about it." That was just my first instinct on it. I always think it's funny too to see critiques of players that are very granular this is a kind of a related thing that you see all the time i see beat writers like retweet it and try to kind of calm people down like beat writers have become i don't know like the bartenders for baseball fans where they have to like calm people down all the time like no it, it's really okay like marcus Simeon hit a ground ball and and didn't homer in that plate appearance he's still good you know like that that kind of stuff like all the time and is, is booing is it often an overreaction? Like it's clearly warranted sometimes. Clearly, I mean, is Just, it though? I'm not. I'm never a fan of booing your own player. The only time I think booing is justified is if a guy is dogging it. If a guy is dogging it and like you know hits a ground ball to the shortstop and sort of walks out of the box and doesn't try, you boo that. I boo. I will boo that. But other than that, if like when John Cole Stanton is going through all these problems, right? And he's striking out and striking out and striking out. And the Yankee fans are booing him. I'm like going, why are you making it worse for us? Like you're just giving him more anxiety. Anxiety is the is the, is not the way to win baseball games. And your booing is only hurting your team that you care about. It's like it's like an eight-year-old reaction to me. To me. This is just my personal opinion. Boo, you suck. Well, yeah, all right. Don't don't do that. That's my feeling. Don't boo your players. But I think I'm I think I'm alone on that. I think people like booing. I just I, I, I think I, it's I more like, like it at all. It's more like something you would do to the opposing team. Like why yes. are you doing that to your own team? Yeah. Why I mean, does that why does that happen? It, that, that's that happens. Because you're drunk and you're frustrated, man. Yeah. Like, okay, so you're acting like an eight year old. You're drunk and you're frustrated. You're not you're not being conscious. You're, yeah, not, you're outside, you're, not, you're at a game. Okay. Okay. I just think it's it's counterproductive if you want your team to win. Because I don't then boo. I don't get like I like but I like you know, whatever. I, I don't know. That's 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 my feeling on it. I, and people are like, "Well, I'm frustrated. I, I bought the ticket. I have a right to boo." Okay, you do. You have. You can do whatever you want. It is a free. They country. got a right to thumbs down you, and you got and, a right not to be a baby about it. I guess. I mean, I don't know. That was kind of my vibe. It was like, but also it was like they wanted to get a hit so they could do the thumbs down. Like, good. Get get hits. Just keep getting hits. Score runs. Win games. That's what. That's what they need. But that team, that that team is going to get swept out. They're they're probably not. They're not going to make the playoffs, and then they're going to fire everybody and Steve Cohen. But also, I felt the same way about Stephen Cohen when he when he posted that thing about professional hitters should be better at hitting baseballs. Like, what is this crap? And I was like, that that was a bad move on his part. Oh, 100 percent. That that actually kind of planted the seed for something like the thumbs down on the field to yeah, happen. Because that's right. It, that's it, what I'm saying. They're inter- all fans are just internet commenters, man, and that's how players probably look at it. like lobbing bombs from far away at them. Yeah, but when the owner's doing it, 
That's I mean, you I'm imagine saying. what George yeah. Steinbrenner would have done if he had Twitter. Oh, my goodness gracious me. <laughs> Probably but nothing Steve Cohen. because he was a classy gentleman. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you need to read some books about the late 1978 New York Yankees, as I did in my childhood. I read The Bronx Zoo by Sparky Lyle like 83 times. I read all those books. The Reggie book, the Thurman book, the Greg, Greg Nettles had a book. Ron Guidry had a book. Let me just tell you. If you decide, hey, you know what? I'm really going to dive into this. Read the Bronx Zoo. Great book. Thurman Munson, nah. But but the Ron Guidry book, the only thing I remember from that book is that he liked Dr. Pepper and that he wanted to do a commercial for Dr. Pepper because he liked Dr. Pepper. That's it. But if you read those books, you're going to see George Simon was not the classiest of dudes, like at all. Is, wait, is, is, is Ron Guidry the reason why Forrest Gump loves Dr. Pepper? I... I <laughs> I have no idea. Like, is that the like, original story that inspired that little part of Forrest Gump? I think I think it's just funny hearing him say Dr. Pepper. You know, I think that's probably where it came from. But uh, but yeah, but it's, I thought that I, I personally felt that Steve Cohen did not help his team. Like you're, you're putting pressure. It's not what you do, man. Listen to Ariel Cohen. Tell the rules in Little League. They still apply to baseball. Respect your team. Respect yourself. Respect your teammates. You got to you got to help everybody do their best. It's a hard game, baseball. Whether you're 11 years old or whether you're 31 years old, there's somebody throwing the ball really hard and you got to take a round bat and hit a round ball. The physics aren't easy. So, I don't know. I just, that that's kind of thing. But on to one more fantasy thing. Um, yeah, I don't have my timer up because of quick time, so I have no idea how much time we got left. We got probably about like eight minutes left or so. Alberto Mondesi came back last night. We talked a little bit, uh, hit the home run, struck out three times, uh, singled, stole a base. Uh, and But here was the thing that I noticed. So I own him in that DL league, uh, DL1. And I was talking to Robert Mershak. Oh, and I was like, hey, Mondesi's coming back. He's going to play third base. And and then I looked and I went, uh, he's not going to have shortstop eligibility next year if he's just playing third base because he's only played 10 games. He'll only have played 10 games at shortstop. So I don't know if that's a good thing because he's not going to get the dual eligibility. He'll only get one. And, and I actually like the skill set better as a shortstop than as a third baseman. But still, wow, look, comes back, home run, stolen base, all the people who say he's worthless. Here, let's do Adoberto Mondesi next year in auction. Should we do that? All three of us, ready? I'll put the first bid out. What do you mean, 15 team mixed? 15 team mixed, $8. I'll be the bot again. What do you want me to do okay. myself? No one should be you. Eight dollars. Fourteen. Fifteen. I heard. I heard uh, Ian first already. Ian, go ahead. Yeah. Sixteen. Seventeen. I'm out. Eighteen. Nineteen. Got nineteen for DVR. Nineteen. Twenty. Twenty. Going once. Going twice. Twenty. Twenty. I got twenty dollars. No, I can't do twenty. We can't do twenty. No, I'm wrong. Nineteen. I'm out. I gotta be out. You got. Oh, I pressed the button. The now line. I'm doing a Larry. Now I'm doing a Larry Schechter. I pressed the button, but it doesn't really count. I didn't mean to press the button. So I'm at 20. I pressed the button. DVR <laughs> 20 to you. That's too bad. <laughs> 20 going once, going twice. Sold. Wow, 20 bucks. Yeah, so true. I'm saying I would rather have Adalberto Mondesi coming back next year than Cody Bellinger. That's what I'm saying. I'd rather bet on that. Hmm. Interesting. Well, guy can't stay healthy. Different that is. reasons, though. I mean, well, neither of them can. Which one are you talking about? Who can't stay healthy? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, but Montessi can win you a league. Bellinger can be part of why you win a league. It's a, it's a big, it's a big swing. 
It's a big swing for the fences with Mondesi. But then he does what he did last night, you know? What do you think, Mondesi? Uh, I can't trust him. I think his batting average is still going to be too low. DBR? I think the average is fine. I think the OBP, the OBP could keep him a little out. lower in the order than we want him, but uh, the health concerns, the plate skills. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in for the reasons that Ian was willing to spend 20 because there's definitely some power there. And, oh, there's power. And there's He's probably power. Like a, a, more than a little. And speed doesn't look like it's going away. I mean, still, talk about guys that are still younger than you think. He's still 26. He's been around for a while. Just turned 26 His upside is 20 home runs. Now, upside is 25 home runs. Ridiculous upside is 25 home runs. He's not enough upside 25 home Is he? Yeah, he is. Uh, 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 top ceiling. 20 at least. 20. Hit 14 with, in 2018 in 75 games. Yeah. So he, he's got power. He's got legit power. And with an upside of 55 to 60 stolen bases. And it's the same thing I was saying. If you remember before the season, I was talking about Otani. I was like, the guy could hit 45 home runs and steal 25 bases. And everyone's like, that's crazy. It's like, no, he can. He's got that ability. Mondesi can do it. The problem is he doesn't stay healthy. So, and so Ariel Cohen is definitely going to call me up. You know, we talked about this, all right, this out of Mondesi, you know, and this is not a good way to win fantasy baseball leagues. I've told you, you're really hurting yourself with this, Ian. Learn the lesson. <laughs> It's going to happen. I know I'm getting that phone call. You know who Modesty really is? He's Javier Baez, but he's got Trey Turner's speed. Okay. That's, that's interesting. Pretty, that's pretty damn good. That's a really good player because it's Baez... a really good fantasy player. Most years, Baez ends up being a good fantasy player, even though if you're analyzing him from a, like a sabermetric offensive value perspective, you look at him and you're like, ah, oh, I, just, I just see a low OBP and... It's like, well, he's a good defender, and he hits for power, and he steals some bases. And even if it's not a, a great success rate for Baez, I mean, like if you drafted Baez this year, whatever whatever the price was, twenty six homers, thirteen steals, two forty four average, it's fine. Who cares that he struck out thirty five percent of the time? You're not yeah. paying him two hundred million dollars for the next eight years. Like he was, he was good for this year. The only question is, can Mondesi stay healthy? A couple of couple of things I just wanted to wrap up with. It was the trade deadline in many leagues. Like I said, I spoke to Tom Trudeau, who said, you need more OBP, trade for Connor Joe, trade for Ramon Urias. And I was like, no and no. But I took his advice and traded uh, Suzuki Seiya, who is a Japanese player who might be coming over in 2022. 20, 20, 20, 2022. Did that with Salfino. Got on the phone with Salfino and made a trade with Salfino. And he gave me Brandon <laughs> oh, really? Nimmo. Yes. So he was traded a Met away. Wow. Yeah, and and he took well he he had just written an article about Japanese players. He's like Suzuki's really good. And I said, "Yeah, he's really really good, but I need somebody who's going to help me now." So he gave me Nimo cuz we need Wilson Carman and I need OBP and then traded Eric Hosmer for uh Guriel, the older, the Astro. And then in Maki, last minute had just traded for Jack Flaherty and then flipped him for Josh Hader who's on similar contracts. So uh, Paul Martinez will have Flaherty next year. We'll have Hader next year. And then because of Blinky, because of Derek Van Riper saying you don't get the high score and then turn back and get, you know, get out by Blinky. I did make a trade in labor with Todd Zola, also on the phone, sweet, lovely man, and gave him Alex Verdugo. He's getting frustrated, I think, with people not participating in the tout tables. 
Is he? I don't. I think. Well, he's fine. His, I mean, I think now he's fine with it. But like middle of the season, I think a lot of people weren't participating like they were supposed to. Nah, it's just a couple of people, I think, and I think he was making a point. And who you do you know, think they were? I <laughs> couldn't tell you, but I can tell you this: traded <laughs> Alex Verdugo and Tony Kemp. Come on, you gotta have some kind of idea. You can just look them all up, right, and see who didn't participate. Yeah, I'm not doing that. All right, Alex Verdugo and Tony Kemp for George Springer. So I made that trade on Sunday because uh, I'm way up in runs, way up in uh, stolen bases, and I was like, okay, hey, Kemp's playing, but. I can I can make this move because it's all the points to gain are in home runs and RBI. So I did make the swap for George Springer, and then he got hurt on Tuesday night, and I was like, that was not so good. But then he was back in the lineup on Wednesday, didn't do much, but I was very happy he was there. So I did listen to your advice, DBR, and you, Nando, and well, did make that trade. This has become like the Tony Kemp show. Like, this is like the fourth time we've mentioned, or you've mentioned him, I guess. Yeah, well, he hit a home run. He hit a big home run against uh, the Yankees against Chad Green the other night. And you got Tony that- Kemp on your brain. I do. I got Tony Kemp on my brain because I traded him. You know, you trade a guy and then you go, oh man, and then he does something great. And you're like, oh man. But we'll see. Uh, we'll see how we. We'll see how we. Uh, how it plays. What else you want to talk about? That's it. That's all. I think I've handled everything on my list. DVR, you got anything? I think that pretty much wraps it up. You don't want to put something in the rundown? I, I put some stuff in there. All right. Thumbs down. <laughs> Thumbs down, baby. Let's go. Thumbs down. Here. We gotta go. Thank you all for joining us. For the man who could probably never be trusted again after this Joe Ryan baseball card debacle. You got that right. For the guy who spent his quiet moments of the show Googling Etsy intern, do I have to pay? Ian Cobb. I did. And turns out you do have to pay, but I'm going to pay. I've already made a phone call. It's going to happen. You're a good guy like that. Thank you all for joining us. We'll see you later. Bye. Good talk. Good talk. See, I had to feel the buy-in first because you stole it from me last week. Thank you.